Pfizer. You're non-essential. You're a guinea pig for Pfizer. What are you gonna do about it? Let's go! Hey guys, welcome to the Lunch Boys Podcast. With me is Henry. Oh, hey. And Yvonne. Malloy. And maybe less Colin than we expected after the elections, but some Colin. Oh, he's here. Don't you worry about it. (laughs) He's here. And Ryan got married recently. Yay! Just last weekend, actually. So he is officially off the market, ladies. So, sorry about that. He's we know you're all scrambling right for him. Oh, for all sure. All six feet of him. And uh, he's in... Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of man, ladies. Yeah. It's a lot of man. And he's been working out lately, so it's even more man. Very you nice. Know? It's great. So he's he's in the mountains right now. He's not going to be joining us today. Um, yeah, we just had we just had an election and uh, allegedly <laughs> is what the reports say, and yeah. it's kind of wild because a lot of people were expecting a red wave of some kind and a tsunami. We get even a red tsunami, a bloodbath during sometimes a blood I think moon. The Democrats, <laughs> we never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was thinking about, you already know. So anyway, uh, so yeah, we just had an election and the election, we were expecting a red wave of some kind just because Democrats have royally screwed the pooch in every also way Also just like not good candidates in general. Like these are some real, oh, yeah. uh, bottom of the barrel candidates that, we're kind of up against also bottom of the barrel candidates. So like it kind of makes sense that it went the way that it did. Minus the fact that there is motivation for Republicans to get out. There's really no motivation for the Libbies to go out, which begs the question, did they actually uh, stuff the ballot box though? Um, my, my favorite is that like <laughs> right when the uh, like polls were already opening, it's like, Maricopa County, we got 25% of the machines not working. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. It's not nothing to worry about here. And also, I love how um, the one of the guys, I guess he's an election official over there, he's trying to explain to somebody, well, you know, 20-some percent of these ballot, or sorry, um, like scanners are down, but just leave your ballots here and we'll take care of it. It's like, oh, I bet you will. I bet you'll take care of them. Into the shredder, like... Oh, yeah. Do not. Yeah. I was an idiot, and I voted on a machine, and I should have asked for a paper ballot. Well, I mean, it it prints it out for you. It does, but I don't trust them. Did you not not look back at the paper ballot? I did. Yeah. But I don't trust them. Well, I mean, you shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it was, like, uh, stones on a pile, you still don't trust them. Because it's not oh, real. You know? No, yeah. And I, th- I think it's funny because, like, we have a lot of people post-Trump, right, who are saying, I can't believe that there's still – like, even people I know and, like, have very much respected have said this to me, not knowing that I think there is tomfoolery, but because I, I do. But anyway, have said that I can't believe that people think that there was st- stuff, malarkey, going on in the election. 
and that Trump might have won. I can't believe it. And I'm like, okay, so you're, we'll, we'll forget about the overnight ballots thing. We'll forget about like the videos of truckloads of ballots. We'll forget about people moving ballots and just not counting. We'll forget, we'll forget about, about the, the technocracy completely eliminating the Biden laptop story, which allegedly could have flipped up to 10% of uh, liberal voters. But go on. Oh, totally. You know, I mean, and that that's just the news doing like their October surprise thing. I'm saying like there's actual Tom Fuller with the ballots themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and like I'm like, OK, you know what? Sure. I'll let you have that one. I shouldn't, but I'll let you have it. Right. Oh, yeah. It's not like so, the machines were connected to the Internet or anything, which they're not supposed to. Right. It's not. I mean, OK, go on. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, uh, OK, I'll, I'll give you all that. Right. But if you already know that that's a that's a, a place that a lot of voters are in right now this year, then why are you making preemptive statements before the election saying whatever comes out, you have to accept it and there's going to be delays. And and also I want to say one other thing is if mail-in ballots were because of COVID and people didn't want to get out because they were afraid they were going to die, then shouldn't that have been like a temporary provision? So oh, why are we still doing that? So, right. Uh, even Biden said that the yeah. pandemic's over. So if Mummy yeah. Man knows that the pandemic is over, uh, yeah, all those things should be over with. But, oh, uh-huh. how convenient that it's not. Uh, but that aside, like, just real quick, I guess I don't want people just to think that I'm an election denier for no reason. Like, are all the central banks still running the show and printing money to infinity? Does it even matter who's in the White House? The, the sheer fact that Mummy Man is cognitively not there yet is still giving directives. And my favorite is like the picture of Mummy Man Biden behind the desk, but with his suit jacket on and there's another suit jacket on the chair. It's like, who else is yeah. there? Right? Yeah. So all that to say Who that else it, was sitting in your chair? <laughs> it literally does not matter who wins the election uh, from a the sense that we were taught how the system works. It's simply in this particular instance was important just to show public, um, I guess like approval that they acknowledge the system or that they don't right. acknowledge the current regime. That was kind of like the, the most important thing and reason for why people needed to show up. People needed to go to the poll to see that there were other like-minded people. That was kind of the important aspect of it. The outcome itself is erroneous. Um, every single time, like any Republican ends up getting into, um, let's say the House of Representatives, for example, very rarely actually sticks to what they're supposed to do. All these same uh, D-bags were still the same guys that were okay with locking down the country. Like, yeah, who cares? If that makes sense. That, see, we're sounding like our old school libertarian selves because that's, that is the truth. You know, is that the, both of these parties just absolutely suck. They don't do what they say they're going to do. And in many ways, they kind of hate you. Oh, and that's something we need to recognize. They tried to inject yeah, you with a I mean, and tell you that it was good for you. Oh, and they absolutely. and and we've got them on the record lying a lot between. I mean, I think between 2020 and now is the most we've ever had the government like on record lying to us, just like straight up what you said wasn't true, and even Biden before the election. Around the same time that everybody was doing that thing of like you have to accept the results and stuff, he was like, if you, I think it was he was talking about like Roe v. Wade or something along those lines, but he was just saying something along the lines of like if you want X, Y, and Z agenda item to happen, then you have to vote Democrat. And I'm like, oh, but you already have control. Oh, right so you're now. holding them hostage. Democrats cool. <laughs> right now, 
Yeah, like Democrats right now have the ability to pretty much do whatever they want sans a right-leaning Supreme Court. Otherwise, and and even then, the Supreme Court never makes a ruling on something until it gets to them. So you could have free reign of the land right now, and you're saying get out and vote or else. And I'm like, wow, if that's not case in point, right? why these people just hate you and they don't care about you. And I, I guess like to give some credit to like the people that thought the election was important, I would say if you can dethrone the like lefties and but then you still like throughout the election into the next upcoming election in two years you'd still need to keep the pressure on these representatives of and like literally just like never take your eyes off of them and then start legally um having repercussions for representatives not doing what they're supposed to do you know so like there was a trajectory that would have been better than the way that it turned out but the stipulation is you need to give up your day job and solely focus on making sure that these people do what they're supposed to do, which, you know, it, not what would be the legal repercussion? Is there a law that says that whatever they say they're supposed to do when they get elected, they're supposed to do it? No, uh, not necessarily that. But for example, if they aren't doing what they said they would do, you would start, for example, trying to recall them, uh-huh. you know, actively campaign uh-huh. uh, against them, you know, like some something, anything at all. Stop donating to their causes or whatever. Uh, start picketing your city council. Try to make it so that your state representative has even less power. You know, something like that. Something along those lines. Because, like, it is kind of go time. You know, like the this 1970, what, 1973 Trilateral Commission or 71? Like, the whole point of that was to, like, slowly but surely take away all of your autonomy as a citizen and push us into the one world order system um right and by making pretend like our left right paradigm is real then that whole system just keeps moving forward and the only way to stop that would be try to get some people that are respectable or respect civil liberties something like that and then really put them to the fire to like basically tell them what to do don't like let them think what they're supposed to do but you literally start petitioning like hey you need to go up in the front of the congress and say something to the effect of uh we need to audit the fed or we need to investigate adam schiff and how they colluded with hillary clinton for the Steele dossier like we need to start doing stuff like that make sure fauci goes to jail you know i think fauci should get worse than jail I'm, I'm like hesitant to say it on record because of the... Hey, I'm not saying what it is. I just said worse than jail. You take that and you run with it. Okay. Yes. Go to the DMV. He has to go to the DMV for the rest of his life. <laughs> for the rest of his life. He has a DMV appointment. No appointment. He has to go without an appointment for the rest of his and life. And constantly being told that there might be a chance that he will be seen. And then just is never seen and he has to come back the next day. <laughs> yep. And that is also his parole hearing. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe today. Uh, Maybe today I'll finally get protected. Nope. Sorry. Didn't have an appointment. I can't make an appointment. So, uh, I mean, I think like we were, sorry, pulled a Fetterman. Originally we were supposed to kind of like go through. So you're a winner? (laughs) Hey. Um, Like who won like certain districts and. Uh, who won the House and the Senate and all this kind of stuff. I would like to take just like one moment to like hypothetically ask a leftist, 
you see someone like Fetterman win and you think that's fine. He's not there cognitively. How is that okay? How is he even the candidate? Are you telling me there was no other better candidate than this guy to go up against Oz? And actually, there was somebody better than Oz, but for whatever reason, Oz was the puppet that got put up there. It reminds me of that scene in Troy when uh, you remember Achilles. It's like the opening like scene of Troy yeah, 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 when yeah, they yeah, send yeah. out champions so that way they didn't have to sacrifice the whole army. And mm-hmm. it's like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movies in the first five minutes. And he just wrecks this massive dude. Spoiler. And then he looks at the army. Yeah, sorry, guys. But, I mean, it's the beginning of the movie. You know that there has to be more Achilles. It's Brad Pitt. They can't kill the, the top-billed actor in the first five minutes of the movie. It's one of the but, oldest um, myths of all so, time. So, like, you should know it by now. Right. You should, yeah. And they took a way too realistic take. They should have included the gods because the story's way better with the gods. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> um, like when Achilles jumps down in the middle of the battlefield and just starts swinging like doesn't care whose side he kills he just wanted to feel like anyway so anyway <laughs> um, so he murders this guy kills him straight up and then he looks at the army of the of whose champion he just defeated and he just goes is there no one else is there no one else I just grew a chest hair thinking about it and it's just Ooh. like that's <laughs> and that's kind of how it feels is like Except it's not this triumphant moment. Instead, it's just I look at all of these candidates. I mean, I even thought that for Trump in the uh, in the 2016 election. It's just like, is there no one else? <laughs> is there? And, and and there was one election year. I think I've even said this on the podcast before, where Democrats had um, Bernie Sanders running and also Marco Rubio running. This was 2016. Um, they were running for the primary that year, and no. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, Bernie Sanders is the true leftist out of what we have. And Marco Rubio is the true Republican out of what we have. I mean, so it's just like, I think Rand Paul, Rand Paul was also running. Um, and at the time, he was playing the conservative role like very well. So anybody else that was on stage, to be honest. Um, but this is something I think it's important for people to understand. A lot of people would say, well, like, Trump was the outsider, and it's like, well, he's a billionaire, and he's been hanging out with the other dudes, like, his whole career. So he's not yep. exactly an outsider. Um, but the sheer fact that there were so many people that were willing to back him, that means the public gave their consent to be slaves. And, and I just wish that people would understand that. Like, you don't have to vote for these people at all. You, you don't have to acknowledge... Uh, this criminal organization as having authority over you. Like, you literally don't have to. And like, yes, it'll be uncomfortable because they'll come do things to you forcefully, but there are more of us than them. And people just seem to, like, just go with the flow, and it's so annoying. Well, because there's there's a bit of a sacred cow as far as um, quote-unquote democracy is concerned. And I, it's become more apparent to me the more anti-government I've become over the past few years. Is Not that to mention something... like how empty the calls are for democracy. Like that's all the left talks yeah. about. And, and they're and it's, fascists. It's, it's kind of <laughs> literally like definition fascists. Yeah. Some people say fascists to call names, and then other people are fascists because they are, and that's literally the left in America today. They are the fascists, which is really strange. The only difference it's... is that like whereas a fascist would ad- adhere to like conservative principles in their hostile takeover of the private sector. 
the left is doing the same thing just with their left-leaning principles. It's the only difference between them and a historical fascist. It's the only difference. But they, the they, tactic is the same. They literally are forcing people to shut up. Tons of people got arrested just for protesting relatively peacefully. Uh, they're in solitary confinement, some of these people, for strolling uh-huh. into the capital. And everybody, including some pretty well-known people that I know, and I had a conversation with them about it, they literally still call it an insurrection. It's like, dude, in order for there to be an insurrection, you need like the military involved. You need legislatures and litigators to be on board with the coup. You need to take out telecommunications. There's all kinds of logistical stuff for an actual coup. No, don't tell them. Don't tell them our plan. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like what happened in Sri Lanka. Like that's a legit coup. Or in 2014 in Ukraine, that's a legit coup. This was what Fourth of July should look like. You drink too much beer and you break a few things. Like, oops. <laughs> I mean, you're right, though. <laughs> so anyway. It, but I, th- I think the biggest thing, though, is that there, I think there are two things that really hurt the Republicans really bad um, for this particular election. And let, that's assuming that, like, you know, the, the amount of tomfoolery we saw during the presidential election I don't think is as apparent here. But there is definitely some if you are paying attention. Um, There's the but, Project Veritas video of the Board of Elections translator for Mandarin literally telling the undercover journalist like who to vote for which is a big no-no and these are just the ones that right. we got caught on tape and nobody cares about that though because project veritas is a bunch of conspiracy theorists it doesn't matter if they caught it on tape or not yeah which is unfortunate on on video we're showing our age what did i say on on camera tape. on tape ah yes analog yeah. rewind <laughs> but <laughs> before you send it back to blockbuster so, that's right oh gosh miss did you see they came out with a show on blockbuster that's loosely based on the real last blockbuster no i didn't yeah it's on netflix it's, it's called blockbuster and it's about the last blockbuster and there's a documentary called the last blockbuster and that documentary is fantastic and it's about nice. the actual last blockbuster that survived covid and everything wow yeah, it's pretty awesome. But anyway, uh, I think there are two things that really hurt Democrats, or sorry, hurt Republicans, assuming that everything, that there wasn't a lot of tomfoolery. And I think, number one, it was the unfortunate reversal of Roe v. Wade. Um, I say me? unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I say unfortunate because it really ignited the left in a way it didn't, it wouldn't have. Did um, it? I think it did. It, it definitely ignited the establishment left, but that's like 1% of the left. Man, I think that, I mean, even in my news feeds and stuff like that, like on Instagram and Facebook and all this stuff, the amount of, like, I know a girl who is an outspoken libertarian who, like, voted left for that issue. Um, and she She would never do that before. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of interesting, like, how now granted you know white chicks but you know granted like (laughs) is what it is but like and you know regardless of like what people's opinions are about like the issue i just think it's interesting that like i think the left would have kind of slept through this election if they felt like they were still living in the utopia that they thought they were going to get when biden was elected and unfortunately i think it brought a lot of people out and then the other thing is i think that the trump um endorsements just murdered a lot of guys not like a Hillary endorsement would, but I just think it Ayo. kept them from 
<laughs> I just think Reed. it kept them from performing really well because at the same time, like I think that I mean, without without any question, it's not like really a debate, like fiscally, socially, everything is worse right now. Um, I don't think there's any way any intelligent person could argue otherwise. There's not one thing that's better um with Democrats in control. So I think that a lot of people who might be less slightly <sighs> left leaning would have voted towards the right, their, their but they didn't because they were mad about Roe v. Raid and they hate Trump so much oh, that Roy, anybody Roy. that Trump endorses, they won't touch. Um, they try to blame the pandemic still, and they don't seem to recognize that all of the stuff that resulted from the pandemic were actually policies that they were for. So that cognitive dissonance yeah. gets real strong. Um, huh. it, it's totally possible that the way that social media and the establishment programs people, that they literally just hate the idea that somebody else was right over them so they will double down in their wrongness so like that might be what's like that matt walsh documentary what is a woman when like he just catches them and they're like like when he said what if i say that you don't exist and the person goes well then i don't exist what and and he's well i'll try to do my best matt walsh but we're but we're sitting in the same room together (laughs) (laughs) um yeah uh so I, I can't think of any other reason other than that mass psychosis formation. Like, it's got to be that. Because whenever you talk to somebody that's, let's say, super rooted in their leftness, um, specifically in this given time and all the issues that we discuss, like my favorite about abortion is, so you're saying that you can't, you're not giving this woman autonomy. They're like, yeah. I'm like, what about it's a, a female growing inside of her and they're like that's not a person i'm like well when does it become a person and they're like i don't know oh so like don't you think that's a huge problem no because it's her body her choice well what about the other body and you just find yourself in this loop and like there's no way of getting out of it right also you know the (laughs) the the I recently watched the, which we can even touch on this a little bit today, but like I watched the Falwell documentary that came out on Hulu, which was really interesting. And the reason why uh, it was a terrible documentary, it was horrible because it was about a sex scandal and they made it about Trump because that's how much the Trump derangement syndrome runs is like, you can't even talk about how this man, Jerry Falwell Jr. was incredibly corrupt. And by the way, the pool boy was the most notable of the sexcapades. There is documented history of him and his wife going to these hotels and like fraternizing and like being heavily sexual with other people. And they like barely touched on that with like one picture of a student that the pool boy got from Jerry, but otherwise they didn't like touch on any of that stuff. They spent the middle and which by the way, can you educate those of us that don't really know anything about this? Yeah, we brought it up on the show before. Um, basically, the world's largest Christian university, known as Liberty University, had the son of Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell Jr. became their uh, president or chancellor, or whatever term, um, after Jerry Falwell Sr. died. And Jerry Falwell Sr. was a very prominent uh, Southern Baptist preacher. And he was instrumental in marrying uh christian ideals to certain political platforms and ideas which is kind of how uh republicans usurped the christian vote um oh i didn't know which that which is yeah it's very yeah like fallwell almost single-handedly got reagan elected <laughs> wow okay. um which is and, and this is all pretty well like 
pretty easy to, you know, look up and research about, but it's very interesting. Like he, or historically Christians didn't like care that much about abortion and all of that until the Falwells made it a Christian issue. And not just the Falwells, there are other parties at play, but like just in the context of this story, um, and it made it so that Republicans could win pretty big, uh, predicated on the single issue, much like Democrats today, in response to what they believe that platform is, will vote against or vote for it or vote for people who they think will uphold that right. So anyway, um, and so anyway, the Jerry Falwell Jr. became the chancellor when he died, and then uh, a scandal came out in 2020 where apparently his wife was having sex with a pool boy for the past seven years, and how old is the pool he boy had to now? resign. Uh, he was like early twenties, and she was mid forties when they started engaging in the coitus. Boy. Nice. And it's it's so disgusting because like I remember when I went to the school, like it was kind of like an inside joke on campus that like all the guys thought Becky was hot. And I mean, like you know, she was eight for, you know, a forty-five-year-old woman when you're twenty, you know, and like right. But. It's just like gross thinking about it now because like of how gross she is <laughs> <laughs> and how gross like freaking I have to Google and then now. like Jerry Jr. Yeah. When Jerry Jr. You should watch the documentary. I'd love to like do a deep dive on it because there's the documentary had some interesting points. But anyway, I'll summarize this really fast. Um, when it came out, Jerry Falwell released a statement. Jerry Falwell Jr. released a statement saying that his wife's uh I mean, in layman's terms, his wife's sexual appetites could not be quenched, and it's all her fault. It's all his fault. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's true. That actually comes back around, karma. Um, <laughs> and so, like, he just kind of threw her under the bus, and he resigned. But the documentary focused in almost entirely on the relationship of the Falwells with Donald Trump. And Donald. the pool boy was like you know, really involved with their family and all that kind of stuff until um, he, and he, in the documentary, he said it was when George Floyd died and then he saw all the riots and stuff like that. And then he saw Charlottesville and he saw uh, January 6th and he's like, I can't like, I can't keep this to myself. Like these people, I have to tell the truth. And I was like, are you, are you going to cuck out that hard that like, yeah. look, people driving cars into people at January 6th and people like chanting white supremacist stuff like yeah you could say that's bad and that is i mean what i mean is like it is bad you can you can say that you should be able to say that jan six but like charlottesville right what charlottesville yeah yeah and like he brought that up yeah and the same thing with like january 6th like i think january 6th was like just stupid because it allowed liberals to create a clearer caricature of the enemy that you're not and so fed op Right, the but FBI did there it. were people there who weren't FBI. And it's like, just go home. Like, don't let them create <laughs> another caricature of you. You know what I mean? Like, don't let them control the narrative on you with another notch on their side, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, and so he said all that. And I was like, yeah, but all the violence of the Black Lives Matter protests and, like, Chaz and all that other stuff, like, we're just going to completely ignore that. It was specifically the violence of the white supremacists ignited by the Trumps. Like, it's just funny how, like, liberals never have to live in the world they want you to live in. And I just think that's hilarious. But anyway, that the documentary was bad because it heavily focused on that when it's like, no, the, the point of the story is a sex scandal. It's not a political affiliation of a, you know, pseudo-Christian university. So, <laughs> burn. 
Dude, Liberty is the freaking worst. I am not a fan. But anyway, the documentary focused heavily on that. And man, I'm like go- going in circles now because I'm trying to like, I don't remember what I was, the initial point I was going to make. But basically, like, oh, yeah. So, like, because of the Fallwells and because of that, like, certain issues became Christian issues, which they aren't Christian issues um, at all. I think that you can argue about things like abortion or, uh, um, whatever insert whatever controversial uh cultural hot button issue right now you can argue about those things like like child sex changes and transgenderism and stuff like that you can argue that and have zero biblical backing and i think that science agrees and i think that that's the that's the real problem but like when i was talking about the people who were voting specifically because of certain issues they would like post things like tell the church to keep their uh hands off my body or something like that and i'm like the church doesn't want anything to do with your body you know like i mean like i guess it's so many people that disagree with this don't care about the church like it has nothing to do with the church but it's a caricature that was created and it's a legacy of the Falwells. was the whole point i was oh gotcha 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 um i mean it's a pretty smart pivot from the like leftist think tanks to kind of let that happen but at the same time, I guess a lot of Christian organizations are the ones that put up money to like help single mothers and stuff like that. So it's pretty hard to take that aspect of it out of the conversation. Um, but people yeah. are so intellectually bankrupt that like they need to, I guess like in the from the psychological standpoint, their the strata in their brains has already solidified this one way of thinking, and it takes way too much energy to try to rethink it so they just go with it yeah and that's why democracy is trash I, welcome to the I've lunch boys mind, like, where we think the system is garbage <laughs> i mean it is it sucks so bad <laughs> like i'm at i've changed my mind on an, a couple of issues even talking like, to out loud on this podcast no <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that series. I think that's the best thing he does. I don't like a lot of the other stuff he does because sometimes I think he's childish for the sake of it. Mm. Um, I think that's why it's I, like, I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's immature. sort of like Matt Walsh <laughs> when he's like, when he calls people childish for the sake of it. And I'm like, Matt, you need to lift a lot more weights before you can talk with the amount of gusto that you offer Matt. to these conversations. <laughs> like, you're almost I didn't realize. there, buddy. I think you're he's 36. There. Yeah, which scares me. I thought he was in like his mid forties. I think it's the beard. Maybe it's, it's the, the beard. beard. Yeah, he's posturing. Yeah, <laughs> but like, like I-, I love that series because it forces people to like try and create a reason for what they believe and what they. Because I think the thing that a lot of people don't realize is like, like, and I think the church needs to get on in this. I, on my personal Instagram, I've been doing a sermon series, uh, a little series on the Book of Daniel because I. I'm starting to reach the place to where, like, the most effective means by which Christians differentiate themselves from the world is not what they yell against, but what they refrain from. And so what made Daniel and also what made the name of the Lord famous and not cause conversions, by the way, but made it so that the name of the Lord was famous in the kingdom of Babylon. It wasn't when because daniel was like no i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ascribe to your customs and eat your food and it wasn't because shadrach meshach and abednego said that like uh it wasn't because 
they were like, oh, like you can't make me bow down to this this image of your of you. I'm not going to do it. They just went back to work. And I I think that if we're going to be salt and light to the world, what we have to do from a Christian standpoint is not to tell people you can't do this, but instead we will not. And I, I feel really convicted about that because I think oh, about like how many things still that going I, to church even though there's a pandemic. I think that's a great example. <laughs> no, seriously. It's yeah. like, okay, like you're afraid of a virus. If you're if and if the people following are afraid like coming to church are afraid of a virus, you don't have to come, but we will not shut down. We will not do this thing. Because Or, you know, not injecting yourself with something that turns out to be toxic and kills people. And or promoting provide it. it at your church. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like, just, and, and it, that doesn't mean you can't get vaccinated, by the way, either. It's just saying, as the church, this is not our responsibility, and we are not doing it. Like, we're just not, and, and not even not even saying to other people, we're not going to do it. Like, like if I was running a church right now, I'm not going to write to my county executive and say, I will not shut down my church. Service is going to be this Sunday. We'd love to see you. Like, I'm just not, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not even going to engage with it. And that's exactly what all, I think it's four times where something like this came up against the guys in the book of Daniel. That's how they dealt with it. Hey, do this. They just went back to work. Hey, pray to this. They just went back to work. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, like, I think that this is where I feel a lot of conviction is because a lot of the things that we vote against, we are not willing to then also do what it takes to not have that be a part of our legacy for Christian people. So like, if you're going to be very much against abortion, like people in the church, we love to have our cake and eat it too. When it comes to sex. And I think that there's a, there's a bit of, I like cake uh, a little bit more, but go ahead. (laughs) And I, so I think that there's a bit of a thing that like the church needs to address, not to say that like, you know, when you go vote, you can't vote against whatever you want to vote against or vote for whatever you want to vote for. But like, before you point the finger at other people, like, the the examples that I've been studying lately in scripture, and there might be some where it's not this way, so it's not a definitive opinion. I hold it in an open hand. But it's not to go war against that thing. It's to make sure that you don't do that thing and that the people who are called of God don't do that thing and that that's what separates them from the other people. And I, I, I just wish that the legacy of the Christian church in, in American discourse today was, wasn't, oh, those are the people that hate abortion, but instead it was, those are the people that don't have sex till they're married. They have better sex they have better marriages. They don't get divorced. Like, I wish that was the legacy of the church. But right now it's not. Because guess what? They're having sex outside of their marriages all the time. Their pastors are having sex outside of their marriage all the time. They're getting divorced all the time. They're cheating routinely. Like, John Gray, hello. You know, and so it's just like... Cold like I mean, I'm like, I mean, Brian Houston and uh, freaking uh, Carl Lentz. And even... Like, my favorite preacher that ever guest preached at Elevation was this guy, uh, Mikan Carter, and he's got, like, a serious allegation against him for raping his assistant. And it's just, like, like it, until that becomes, until something like that is so rare and so unlikely that it's, like, almost unthought of, that's when the church will finally have, like, the ability to be able to mirror to the world, like, how fall, fallen away it is from God. But in the meantime... We're doing all the same things, and I think it's largely because we preach a little God to, with a little gospel to little people, and now we reap what we sow. Um, those are all very good examples. I hate the idea, though, that church is literally like these brick-and-mortar institutions. At least that's how we 
tend to think about it. Um, mm-hmm. If, which, and again, like, uh, I'm, I'm not so much pushing back as much as like maybe hopeful thinking, wishful thinking, like John the Baptist, just kind of like also like doing his thing, but being like very vocal about what he's doing, because I think it also serves as a reminder for other people that are part of the church that, because I mean, I think a lot of people, because bear in mind, like you are up against a colossal machine that's trying to sway people's hearts and minds. And the something that I think helps when a church leader, for example, is vocal is to actually be a little bit of that cultural counterpoint. Because if you're simply just doing what you're doing, it, the tide is going to pull away a lot of people. And you could blame the individual for that. But as some a way of helping those people that you think are part of your community, it definitely helps communicating these ideas to them. Um, like some people say, like, oh, there's a separation of church and state. I almost feel like it really only goes one way. It's so that the state doesn't infringe on the church. The church is a community and the citizens, so they can push for whatever they want to be imposed right. for yeah, their community because it's often. their community, you know? Yeah. Um, and just like we have all kinds of belief structures, like don't murder people. Well, is that a Christian ideal? Sure. And is that something that we would like to be law? Yeah. Is there anything wrong with that? No. Like, <laughs> and, and like that, the same goes for like drugs. Let's say, is it a generally believed Christian idea not to like do heroin? Yeah. And is it really destructive to the community? Uh huh. Are we trying to impose our ideals on everybody else that lives in that community? Yep. Because that's how we roll, and if you don't like it, like you can move somewhere else. Um, but anyway, by the as, way, that's what that's what this republic is. Yeah, that's the whole is point. Is you trying to use your guys to impose your values on other people, so so that you can build up your community? And it is pretty insane for people. I see people on Twitter, for example, like um, super upset that DeSantis won by a huge margin. Is like, oh, you're upset that the people that live there got what they wanted, and yet you keep crying that you love democracy. Like you are an idiot. And, like, right. kind of dangerous person. But anyway, going back to, like, Christians, um, I feel like there's a way that you they have to be involved in discourse because there's so many different ways of doing it. Like, you don't have to be... Um, you don't have to be, let's say, like, a titan of culture or anything like that. But, like, on a local level, yeah, like, tell your councilman or whoever, like, you don't have this authority. So, like, don't even try it because it's... that's They're not going to stop. And then there's the next thing. And then they are going to show up with the sher- uh, the sheriff. And then they are going to lock people up and ruin people's careers. And then they are going to potentially invoke more violence. So you have to kind of let them know where the line in the sand is before it gets real lit, Old Testament style. <laughs> no, I, I actually fully agree with everything you said. And I think that I'm a little bit confusing terms as well because – when I say the church and then use examples of people who are heads of brands, those are different things. True. Yeah. So I think that's like, that is an important distinction that you made is like the church is the people. And even like churches say this and then you go to a different church and then they don't believe it anymore because you're supposed <laughs> to sing only at their church. Right. You know, oh. so it's kind of funny that even churches yeah. will do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that, the church should absolutely be involved in discourse in the sense that if you're a Christian and you live in America, it's your civic duty, just like it is for anybody else to Mm -hmm. do your best to vote for something that would bring honor to God. 
and how you understand the scripture. And I think the problem others. that I have, yeah, yeah. I think that the problem uh, that I have is that sometimes that discourse is like on behalf of the church, meaning that like, like yeah. such and such pastor of such and such church believes that the Bible says this, which is why we are going to vote this, which by the way, that might be true. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't, that's not the point. The point isn't that, and, and the point isn't that the, that church body or the group of people who go to church would influence the, the government. It's that they are also citizens, just like any Buddhist is a citizen that lives in America and grew up here and has their or, or applied for citizenship and received it. Same thing with the same set of circumstances for a Muslim person, so on and so forth. So like for you to say that like, oh, we got to cheat to keep the church people out is so disingenuous because that's what every faith group is doing is voting for what they think their faith would would allow them to vote for or push them to vote for because that's what informs their values. So I think that that's like what I'm trying to say is like that's a good thing. Everyone's going to do that because you live in America. But the church, meaning the organization, whether that be a specific organization and a brand and a color or the organization as a whole, that is not to influence government. And I think that people just throw that term around because mm-hmm. they don't understand the history of it. They don't know about King Henry VIII. They don't know about how he just wanted to divorce his wife because you know that's what good christians do is they divorce their wife for no reason because she's a little older and hasn't given you any children which is the same thing guys in church are doing today and then they just start a new church and it's fine and so oops <laughs> like we're not any different than the world and so it's just like uh, well of course this is what you're gonna get like that's that's the part that i'm that's the tree i'm gonna bark up is yeah you can point the finger at them all day but you're you're exactly the same You've been sleeping with your girlfriend. And like I can say this to the Christians because this is what you believe. If someone else is doing that, I don't care. And I think there's a biblical uh, – not that I don't care, but like it's not, it's not necessarily my business because you're not a brother or sister in Christ. You haven't submitted yourself to the same authority I have. But if you're a Christian and you're just sleeping around or you're doing your thing, it's like, well, you're the, you're the problem. And matter of fact, we're supposed to – I'll have to find the scripture, but actively disassociate from you if you continue to do that because it hurts the reputation of the rest of us. So it's mm. just like, I think people need to learn the history of like how King Henry VIII wanted to divorce. I think her name was Catherine of um, Argonne and because uh, she wasn't cute and she didn't give him a son. <laughs> and so he, be and like the Catholic sometimes. Pope said no. Yeah. And that's, that's how... That that was it. That was that's how separation church and state became a thing because he wasn't allowed to do it. He wanted to do it without the church or church's consent, and the church had direct authority over whether or not he was a part of the church, which gave him a lot of power. And so it's like there's a whole history there, and like all his wives and all the things that happened, and Protestantism started shortly after that with Martin Luther and all that. It's a whole history, but just next time you say separation of church and state, and you're talking about the church down the road, like it's just so obvious you don't know what you're talking about. Because like the, mention- the church literally controlled the monarchy back then, like they couldn't go to war without the Pope's blessing. Like the Pope, hilarious, controlled the monarchy and had his own army to hold them accountable to his control. So also, anyway, I think it's funny to pivot just a little bit that people, especially sure. like lefties, are so angry if Christians want to have a say in government, yet they don't seem to recognize that their leftism they treat basically as a dogmatic religion. Uh, same with like follow the science. That was their religion. Fauci is the science that they will follow without question. It's very much like yeah. a faith-based system in that sense. So they're just trying to do the exact same thing, just with cheaper values. I don't know. <laughs> uh, worse icons. 
Um, you know, being consistent is important. Um, if you want your opinion to mean anything. So. Yeah, but you know, it's, uh, it's funny if Ryan were here, he would say consistency doesn't matter to them. Why, why would he? Oh, to them. Um, I don't think that they, yeah. e- they would probably even say that they are consistent. Right. Because I, I, I've if, talked a lot about it a lot is like, if you're not intellectually consistent, then what, what do you even believe? But they and, don't and, care. And well, I think they, they generally would care if it was pointed out to them. And I think that's what's really fun about the recent change in Twitter. You see all these like leftist influencers just getting slammed um, in the threads. And they're like, whoa, 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 what's happening? Yeah. Uh, you're not really protected anymore in your little bubble. So I feel like when it's pointed out to them, they would like to believe they are consistent. Um, they just do a very poor job at proving that they are. Because they're not. Mm. Anything else you wanted to hit about some this of election the, stuff? Yeah, some of the specifics on the election is uh, Pennsylvania, Fetterman won. Stroke guy. So these are the Senate races. Yep. The stroke In guy Nevada. beat a brain surgeon. Well, Dr. Oz is more of like a TV personality, but sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just find uh, that very funny. In Nevada, uh, and some of this stuff hasn't been called yet, or it's already been called since I took these notes. So uh, uh, it, in Nevada, a Republican was leading, which is interesting. Georgia, um, they've got a runoff election coming up. In Arizona, uh, I think the Democrat won in Arizona. Which the, Wait, Georgia's the Senate. one where like 10% of the vote went to the Libertarian, right? Yeah, something like that. So, like, way to screw that up, guys. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, and eh, that's a funny thing, too. And Ryan, you know, as he's been going through his journey and kind of influencing me, is uh, thinking about, like, oh, man, like, we could have – we wouldn't have had liberty either way, but we could have had more liberty if the libertarians just didn't vote for <laughs> libertarians. Right. <laughs> we could have had also like the- more liberty. I've really started to notice that the whole idea of having more parties might actually be worse because that's when you get this parliamentary style system where Trudeau only has 30% representation, allegedly, um, of the community, and now he is the king. That's terrible. So it is kind of better to just narrow it down to two guys and then break it up so that there's gridlock and then nothing changes. That's almost like the best thing we can come up with. Yeah, because can you imagine Trudeau in America would be the worst? We'd already be at war with Russia. Oh, for sure. And he would send the trainees out first to show the Russians how much we love and care. I can't. Can you say trainees anymore? I I was telling the guys. I was my wife started the Big Bang Theory, and in the first episode, they talked about a transvestite with a skin condition. I was like, oh, transvestite? Can you say that anymore? <laughs> Which, like, I to be honest, I don't know what you are and are not allowed to say anymore. Um. I, like, will sometimes, like, people will, like, give me looks when I'll uh, drop certain words, and I'll be like, what? And they're like, oh, you're not allowed to say that. It's like, well, then what is he? You know? <laughs> what You're am I to supposed say to say? Or ask permission. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, geez. Um, and then you had the governor races. Like, uh, you had a Democrat in Michigan 
uh, Stacey oh, Abrams this... lost again in Georgia. Which, Go ahead. Thank. I wonder if. <laughs> so that's her third time losing, which is hilarious. And she like never conceded. I think the uh, was it 2018. I forget. Um, yeah. Hilarious. Um, but the, specifically, I wanted to point out that DeSantis won. I think by like eleven, like eleven points more than last time. I think percent wise. And it's funny he because they have won the, by nine by nineteen points total, yeah, and eleven points uh, more than last time, yeah. So they have you have to have a voter ID, um, you have to like be able to prove it. They basically made it like as clean of an election as possible. They got their results probably some of the fastest in the nation, and we saw how much bigger the right wing lead got. So, ah, uh, really makes me think that where the lefties won wasn't that clean. Of course not. Personally. Well, that happened in Pennsylvania where uh, Fetterman and um, Oz, like at first they were really close and they were like going to court or something like that to say that we need to be able to count these votes that have he, he, want, he wanted to be able to. Them. Yeah. Which, uh, excuse me. Which quiet part out loud. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, Meanwhile, the, I'm it, the conspiracy theorist if I doubt the election results. <laughs> right. Um, okay. I, and not to mention, like uh, I think Philadelphia is kind of known for being pretty schemy. And I think the in twenty eighteen, um, there was a guy that actually now is going to jail, and he's in his seventies for basically trying to bribe judges to change uh, some election outcomes and stuff. So I, I really wish that like your Democrat, average Democrat, lifelong Democrat, even would just simply acknowledge that things have been fishy for a while and that the guys that are running your team are just making huge allegations towards the opposition of which they are also guilty. Like that's, ah, that, that, I, it's that's, it's like that BBC comedy where these two SS German officers are like looking around the camp and there's a guy like drinking wine out of a skull. There's somebody knitting a swastika and the, the one looks at the other one and says, are we the baddies? <laughs> like, yeah, you are. <laughs> I, I, I do wonder too with, with stuff like that is like, I, I wonder about the cognitive dissonance that happens with these elections where it's like, you know, Democrats will say, no, every vote needs to count. And like, we, it does voter ID suppresses the, and it's like, if you're a citizen, like you've got an ID, it's it's very easy to get an ID, and if voting matters to you, it's like so easy. Like even with the rules in Florida, like it's so easy to like be able to vote and have it documented that you were going to vote, and instead only of your one giving vote counts, like instead of giving billions to Ukraine, just spend like a couple mil and get everybody an ID. Like, boom, problem solved. Oh yeah, so. For all the people who can't get an ID because they're stupid monkeys, according to Democrats, and I can, I'm black, so I can say that. That's what they think of us, because they always say it's the black and brown people who are not going to be able to get an ID. So I'm just going <laughs> to my way to having an ID in the mail. If you can just pay for it, like, because that's what you think of me. You think I'm that much of an idiot that I can't get a di- that, like that just because my skin is darker than yours. Like they're so freaking racist, man. There's that just because my video. skin is darker. Like, uh, it's a, it's, I think, uh, Prager, you did it. And basically, um, uh-huh. they walk around like these campuses and they're asking like young white college students and white professors, whether or not voter ID is racist. And they're like, oh yeah. And they're, they give answers like, cause how are they going to know where to get it? And like, how, uh, they don't have internet access. And then they play those videos for black people. And the black people are like, I mean, they, 
the DMV is, is literally like right across the street. Like, um, and they get like deeply insulted. It's like, I've got internet right here in my phone. Like, of course it can. <laughs> right. Yeah, <sighs> because that's the funny part is like, I've said, this is like the new thing that my brain, you know how my brain gets stuck on things when I like start thinking about it is Democrats don't have to live in the world they want you to live in. So they yeah, get to call annoying. you a racist all day long while simultaneously being the most racist people. Like, it's only because <laughs> these like multinational corporations are propping up these like social media companies and all the jobs that everybody wants to have, and they just let them gallivant around. <sighs> like, it, yeah. it's freaking wild, man. But that's the election stuff. Oh, Greg Abbott won again. Beto lost again. Which the the video of Alex Stein just taunting Beto is hilarious. He's like, oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, what is it like to waste all that money on your campaign, Beto? What, why Again. are you trying to? Why are you trying to cut off all the balls of the kids, Beto? It's hilarious. <laughs> Alex Stein's such a clown. I kind of like him. He's like he's the Sasha. Bar- he's the Sasha Baron Cohen that we deserve. Basically, yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like when he's holding up signs of people going, yeah, big booty Latinas. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's AOC, my favorite big booty Latina. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and like what's funny is that dude. like he, is that she's he's obviously, pff, uh, he's obviously making fun. <laughs> he's obviously That's making what she fun said. of her. She said she was Jewish. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, if you, ha- Alex Stein 99. Follow him where you can because he's the best. Oh, he's very funny. He's very funny. And he has a crush on AOC. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see what happens with the rest of this election stuff. The Democrats are, uh, you know, they're doing their best. I don't know why anyone would run for Republican uh, governor in New York because it's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, they, they used to have one, didn't they? Oh, like a couple decades ago. A couple decades um, ago. There you go. You said it. Oh, oh. also, <laughs> just so that everybody knows, like, this is clearly just a way of distracting people while the currency keeps getting devalued. The the war is probably going to expand. Uh, they're going to institute some sort of uh, martial law eventually after a false flag and take away all your rights while you're, you know, worried about whether or not um, Herschel Walker becomes a senator, which who cares at this point? Yep. But I think it's going to be fine. No, but <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not going to be fine at all. Is that? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. And for all the listeners, uh, Ryan and I have pledged cash oh. for Henry to go on Love is Blind, which is casting in our city. Henry does not have to get married, but he does have to get on the show. It's like, I guess, like, I've never heard of this before. So that's why it's, it's for me, it's like it doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. Oh, it's. A, I'll have to, do you I'll know have to about like, the concept of the show? Do you know the concept of no. the show? Uh, All right, let's end with this pe- real fast. Okay. <laughs> you have a side of the building that's full of guys, and you had a side of the building that's full of girls. And then and they I'm have trying these to break pods into in the, the middle. one with the full of girls. No, 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 no. You are trying oh. to woo your way into the heart of one of the girls, okay? Into the heart. And so. Like yeah, a yeah, 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 COVID yeah. vax. Yes, yes. You are the vaccine of love. Right. And <laughs> then they're going to. So. So then there's boosters, too. So anyway, so they got all the guys on one side, the girls on one side. And then you go to the pods and in the pods, you talk to each other through a wall. And 
you fall in love sight unseen and you propose through the wall. But like what if you they're just really dull? Well then you don't have to do anything. Oh, okay. I just come in with like Yeah, a so not everybody that gets on the show. Yeah, yeah, do that. Uh so like <laughs> so like so like there are several people every season that get on the show and then you don't see them anymore because they didn't propose it and like connect with anyone. But so, there are always a few. What, there's actually a girl first season. She's crazy. And uh, I used to work with her. Never met her in person, but I used to work with her because she worked for the same company I worked for. So it was really funny when I was like, oh my God, I know who that girl is. Uh, anyway, so you're through the wall, you propose. Then at the end of that couple of weeks in, in the pods or a week in the pods, however long, you meet each other. Right. And then they send you off to a vacation in like Cabo or something like somewhere exotic. Right. And that's so you can get your physical connection on. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what He's I talking mean? about sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. So because all these a lot of people talk about how Christian they are on the show, too, and then they just go to an island and bang. See, that's the problem. And so, <laughs> like, OK, so anyway, so then they make sweet, sweet loves and then they get them an apartment that's separate from their actual living spaces so they can learn what it's like to live to e- with each other and, like, they get their phones back and they, like, are now, like, doing real world together but, like, in this apartment that they've set up for them. And then, like, Ish hits the fan and then you get to the altar. It's the wedding time. And then at the wedding altar, they'll say, I do or I don't do. And then that's it. That's I've got the whole a show. better pitch. I've got a better pitch for a show. Um, no, no, no. A bunch I don't want to pitch for a show. I need you on this show. <laughs> and they have to do go through a gauntlet, and it's like a free-for-all. And the, the last blind person standing uh, gets their sight back. Boom. Much better show. Much better show. I should, I'll pitch it. I'll pitch that show. I think you're going to need Jesus for that show. <laughs> just spitting some <laughs> dirt. At, like, he's just guy. spitting in dirt at the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> First place gets um, a loogie. Second place, just a spittle. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. That you just, will be nearsighted, seems... but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this show just sounds so time-consuming. Oh, bro, you've got... When you're back, though, from the from the vacation, it's really only two weeks, and then when you're back from the vacation, then you can work again and do, like, all your normal work. But you will have like, to break the... You've semi-agreed to marry this person, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's got a ring on. Yeah. Do they pay for the ring at least? I don't know, but it's, I'm pretty like, sure they pay for everything else because it's like there's no way, dude. You, you've got to, you have got. And so here's the petition, by the way. Here's the petition: is that if Henry tries out for the show, if he just fills out the form, I'll give him a hundred dollars. If he, if he, if he, sorry, I misspoke. It's in writing, so I have to make I'll, sure I get this I'll, right. <laughs> if he tries out and he gets on the show, he has to get on the show. I give him $100. If he gets on the show and he gets $100 and he gets engaged and makes it to the altar, I'll give him an additional 250 And I need people who will match me. Ryan has already pledged so he can get this prize money up and Henry can get on Love is Blind. And you got to woo that girl if you're going to get to the altar. you got to get to the altar. you got to woo her. Could you imagine I just put on my worst self and somehow <laughs> through the magic of reality TV it works <laughs> Yo, season two, there was this guy named Shane, and he was basically physically abusive. Like, he didn't get physically abusive, but he was going to be. Like, I thought he was scary. Mm. He made it to the altar. 
Nice. Actually, he like yelled at her and probably called her really terrible names. And I don't think she even showed up uh, that second day. Or no, she did. And then she's like, I can't marry you. And then she found out that he was like sending texts to this other girl and all this stuff. And yeah, he was you know a total trash can. He made realtor. Bro, like, I know, I know, but, but, but I met one of the cast members from the first season and they said the same thing, but the parts that were real are real. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. All right. Well, that's our show. Uh, I'll put the link in bio for all our Instas and all the things. Five stars on iTunes, please. Four stars. We send them back just like your Republican ballots. Good. And so, yeah, that. And also, help me match the amount. And let's get Henry on Love is Blind. Let's get Henry a woman. And what, what, you know, you never know. Maybe he will meet a woman who will, why not? Maybe he will meet a woman that as soon as he walks into the pods, he won't have said anything. And the first thing she'll say is, you know, I don't think that Biden's a legitimately elected president. And then he'll be like, now like, we're I'm cooking. Listening. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'll go, so that's when I grab my AK and my AR and I strap them both across my back. Henry's like, okay, takes his jacket off, right? <laughs> uh, she's sitting there and she's like, well, you know, I have some Jewish ancestry, but I just have a hard time buying the store. I'm like, oh, I can help. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, third season, there's a girl that's, like, super Israeli. Nice. Yeah. She, like, made that a real selling point about herself. Just, yeah. (laughs) All right. Much love, fam. (laughs) Uh, Ryan, enjoy enjoy your honeymoon, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. The debt market's collapsing. So. Buy some silver or gold. Oh, boy. Like, it's going to be weird, but, like, we say that, like, the COVID vaccine and all that was bad, but, like, there's, the debt of the globe has a correlation with exponential, like, the exponential growth of debt and the exponential growth of population, and then when all of a sudden that debt stops working, guess what happens to the population? Have a good day. Later. Hello. I am General Director from the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros Adnan Cabresas. This year, 14,000 cases of monkeypox has been diagnosed in 70 different countries. Do not be alarmed. We have easily accessible treatments and vaccines. If you like to do the butt stuff and if you like to consume more than a healthy quantity of the urines. Some people suggest that by avoiding huge orgies, an anonymous sex with strangers would be a way to subside the effects of this outbreak. Uh, Their words, not mine. I think you do you. Be the queen that you are and be happy. But also, don't, don't do it. I'm not even saying don't do it. Just don't do it so much and so aggressively. It's, take a, take a break, small break. Go for a run, but also get vaccinated because I don't trust you.